you know, my end game isn't a title or a position or an amount of money or a certain level of responsibility. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for this show. Well, today we're going to visit some very interesting areas of accounting work, consulting, litigation support, forensics, and even some M&A or merger and acquisitions projects. Stephen Oliver of Gethsemane Partners joined us for today's episode, and Stephen is a friend of mine from many years ago. He's had quite a career, actually, from getting on at an early age with a startup firm where he got to work on business plans, and this was while he was still in college, by the way, to continuing to focus his career on consulting projects, like I just mentioned a second ago. He's worked at both large and small accounting firms and in both large and small industry, all of which makes his consulting background or value to the client that much better. Honestly, I didn't realize how diverse his background was until this interview, and I've known him for quite a while. I really think you're going to enjoy the story of Stephen's career journey thus far. It's got a lot of value, particularly for those individuals looking to focus in some of those special areas of accounting. If you do enjoy and learn something from this episode, please let us know by sharing it out on social media or leaving us a review. We always appreciate that. And if any of our books interest you as well, we have several available on Amazon on accounting career topics. Be sure to check those out. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started with today's guest, my friend, Stephen Oliver of Gethsemane Partners. Hey, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, for the audience... We have a friend of mine joining us for this episode. Stephen Oliver is on the line, and Stephen has had an interesting and exciting career in that he's been able to focus much of his work as his career has progressed in the areas of valuation, forensics, and other analytical projects. He's a CPA, of course, and you probably guessed that, but he's also a CFE or a Certified Fraud Examiner and a Certified Valuation Analyst. Many of his projects he's handled in recent years have been in those areas. We're going to walk through his career today just like we do with all our guests so that you get an idea of how he was able to direct his focus in those areas through building relationships along the way. He's got a really interesting story to tell. Well, Stephen, just like all our guests as well, I'd like to start at the beginning so the audience gets an idea of your full journey. What led you to consider accounting as a possible career choice in the first place? It's fun to reflect back in time and think about how you got started in your career. And for me, it just goes back to my days in high school. I'm from San Antonio originally. My mother and family moved back here when I was about 14 years old and went to Madison High School here in San Antonio for my four years. And while I was in high school, I took a computer course and I really enjoyed sitting down and getting into the details of how to figure out how to program in BASIC. And back in those days, it was before we had Apple and Microsoft and internet and all the networking that we're so familiar with today. So I was sitting on my bed penciling 
Oh, you call them punch cards. They were cards where you would fill in different letters and different codes to do your programming. And then it would be scanned. It would read your code and your program, and then you would check it. And so I really enjoyed that. And so that problem-solving mindset was the first trigger that directed me towards business, directed me towards problem-solving. And then, of course, I really enjoyed numbers. So it's something that I had an aptitude for, discovered that I see life in numbers. So the combination of doing computer programming, and I ended up taking a couple of accounting courses instead of progressing into the advanced science and math area that you would typically move into if you were interested in engineering or going that direction. So it just started in high school and I enjoyed the accounting courses, the whole idea of balancing and coming to conclusions and the balancing aspect of it and and doing the entries and the coding. That's what drew me to it. And so I progressed into business and took a job at HEB and that was my beginning. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like the logical nature of the fact that they're At least at that point in our careers, there does seem to be a perfectly right answer in accounting that you related well to that. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. You know, something else, Mark, to to kind of reflect back, I'm sure many of us took aptitude tests. And at some point, I was counseled as to what would you like to do for your life? And this was even before high school when I did some of that. And so again, the math, the numbers thing really jumped out. But I considered also when I dreamed as a child, the kinds of work I dreamed about, None of those were accounting at that time. So it's just interesting as you dream and you, and you take the steps and then you start to find out more about yourself and learn about yourself, you start to find where your niche is and what you enjoy doing. And I also enjoy, believe it or not, I'm, I'm a different type of an accountant in some ways that I like to also, I'm about relationships. Mark touched upon that already. And it was something that in the world of doing accounting, I had the opportunity to work with people, a lot of different types of people. So it really drew me more than just the analytical way. It was all about the people and about relationships. Hmm. So for those not from this area, they may not know HEB is the 800-pound gorilla in the room in the retail grocery space. I mean, (laughs) by far the leading firm. Was that an accounting job that you got with HEB or was it? Believe it or not, I honed all my skills around understanding how a business operates. I was real fortunate with HEB. My first job was sacking groceries and then doing all the behind the scenes things to keep the front lines moving in a grocery store. So it was a fun job that led me to, I ended up working in the grocery department, the deli department, what we called the time we used to have for those, and I'm dating myself here a little bit, but we used to have something called VCRs and the prelude to all the types of things we do today with movies online and so forth. But I worked in a video store and the most important thing is HEB believed in me. And so they helped fund my education through college. And so I just stayed really focused and again, back to the people thing. I really enjoyed serving people and working with people and doing the variety of work. And HEB gave me that opportunity to experience that. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like you learned a lot about operations during that. I sure did. I sure did. Good thing. So what was your first accounting job, I guess, either in college or out of college? Well, believe it or not, it was an internship, two internships. One was when I went to the University of Texas at Austin and finished up my undergraduate work there. And while I was there at UT Austin, I took two classes where I had to work with small business owners in Austin developing business plans. And so I got a chance to work from start to finish, which included putting together a set of pro forma financial statements. One was an actual business in operation that wanted to grow and was seeking some funding. And the second was a business that, or an idea for a business. Ironically, it was really interesting. 
it was in the area of launching an educational video store, standalone video store in Austin, Texas. I had that experience that I was doing at HEB at the time, working on a retail entertainment side of it. So it gave me some insight that I could apply my experience at HEB when I was in HEB right into that concept. So again, I put together some business plans. And then when I finished up my accounting at ET San Antonio, a couple of years later, I interned, was very fortunate through a relationship that I cultivated in my job at the time to make contact with Arthur Anderson and work my way into an internship with Arthur Anderson doing primarily bankruptcy litigation work while supporting an audit. Those two experiences, in addition to the education, both in high school and college, gave me a good foundation for what auditing and what consulting was like from an accounting perspective. You even had sort of exciting non-traditional internships. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The typical internship, usually for most individuals, now it's become more formalized as compared to what it was when I was in school over 30 years ago. But the internships now, most of the accounts get into are in the compliance area, audit or tax, and you get to spend three to six months in that. Well, my opportunity, Arthur Anderson, was primarily consulting and litigation. Being at the right place at the right time and meeting the right people, back to that relationship. And we'll talk more about relationships, the importance of relationships, and I'll tie in how important that experience at Anderson, how that played out in the relationships I built there still have some of those relationships in my life today. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when you, I guess, got your first professional job, was it in the, you know, full-time post-graduation? Was it in consulting as well? Or did you work in one of the compliance areas? Well, that's a great question. And the answer is all the above. I got, that was really cool. While I was doing that internship at Arthur Anderson and going to night school, I was going to night school at UT San Antonio to do my accounting. One of my accounting professors, and remember I shared, she worked for Frost Bank at the time and then taught the technology accounting course that we all had to take in undergrad. She and I hit it off really well because of my experience and what I was doing. And so she, as it turned out, my internship finished at Anderson and that happened in the summertime and there wasn't any position available for me to step into on the audit side until later in the year. So I was kind of left not sure where I was going. And so I reached out to this professor and she hooked me up with a group of guys that just left KPMG and started their own CPA firm and were looking to, to hire their first staff person to come on board to help them in audit, tax, and consulting. So I became the first hire working with four senior manager, partner level KP&G professionals. And I had them all to myself, as I like to say. And I jumped right in and I was on a plane with my first week after being hired, heading to New Mexico to do a compliance audit for one of the Air Force bases in New Mexico. And off we went. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I do want to move forward in your career. Before we do though, Is there anything from that time period that you can identify that just made a difference in your professional development? Because here you go to work with some very experienced people, but at a very new firm where obviously sometimes you're thrown in sink or swim. (laughs) There's learning opportunities from that. Is there anything you can identify from that experience that just really helped you later on? Well, you know, I think at the end, it came down to confidence that I gained by doing the work I just shared with you, what I did, even going as far back as all my experience at HGB and then the, to the internships, I just built confidence. And then sitting down when I went through the internship at Arthur Anderson, I had to walk in there and perform from the get-go. I had to sit down and figure out what to do and get in there and work with a team to deliver 
results and worked through a very sensitive project with a large retail operation that went through a bankruptcy. So I think that confidence that I gained by all the success I had and the experiences I had up to that point really allowed me then to step into this role with Harrison Sanders and Stitch to jump right in and to perform not just consulting type services as a staff person, but also I got exposed a little bit to audit. I had some of those mindset and those skills and that so confidence. The confidence that I gained from the internships and the work experience I had really prepared me well for what lied ahead. Okay. Let's move forward in your career, though, or now then, because I know you've had an interesting path, public and industry and back in public and consulting. And so what happened after this? The experience I had with the local firm here in San Antonio was incredible. I mean, I got to experience the highs and the lows of being in public accounting and uh, the success and then the challenge at the same time. The success would get me the opportunity to work on several audits, to work three busy seasons as I call it the backup team, all hands on deck when we're ready to, you know, we had crunch time and we just needed resources. So everybody jumped in and did tax work for about a month. And then also all the consulting, that was the success. The challenge was I got to see the insides on how public accounting works. And it all comes down to, in many cases, you have the culture, you have values, you have your clients, but it's really like any professional services firm, everybody has their own practice. There's a partner specializing in tax, a partner specializing in audit, partner specializing in consulting as it was in the experience I was in. And unfortunately, over time, either you're going to work well together or you're not. And in this situation, while we worked well together, one aspect of philosophies changed over time. And therefore, I got to experience and saw what happened when not everybody's going down the same path. And there was a different vision and a different sense on the direction on where the group wanted to take the firm and grow the firm. And so ultimately, it led me to leave that local firm after four years. And I ended up at Ernst & Young with one of the partners of that firm who ended up leaving the firm later. And we ended up joining forces and stood up a middle market consulting practice with Ernst & Young. And that was really my niche. By that point in my career, and I was in my late 20s at that point, five years or so into my career, I really had an aptitude for consulting instead of audit and tax. So that's where I made the pivot into more of a consulting type role, which is how my career has progressed over the last 20 plus years. Okay. Yeah, you really had some phenomenal opportunities so early in your career. I see now how that <laughs> yeah, how, yes. how you got your start. So how long were you with EY? I was at EY for about two and a half years. And again, it's kind of the foreshadow, the experience I shared in being part of a new firm with four partners. Now that was magnified in a national practice with Ernst & Young. Again, we stood up a middle, I was one of the original five team members to stand up a consulting practice in the Texas market for middle market consulting, which Middle market in the realm of the big four now is viewed in that 50 million to 2 billion range. So it's, it's a big bracket of revenue that we view the middle market in today's dollars. But just take that same kind of range back 20 plus years ago. We focused on providing the same kind of consulting services, process engineering, technology, implementing accounting systems, all that kind of work to the middle market. And so we were building a vibrant practice. And then ultimately, though, the Ernst Young organization got a, an offer they couldn't refuse, and so they sold their whole consulting practice to, to Capgemini in 2000. In the meantime, I met my wife. We got married, and we early on in our marriage, in our first year, we had to face a decision about where I was traveling, unfortunately, in consulting, and it still is this way to an extent. There's a lot of travel. 
And so I was traveling probably between 50 and 75% of my time. I was taking that range overall, but most of my work was on the road and primarily in Texas, but still I wasn't at a place where I was here and then starting off and getting married and starting off my relationship with Roseanne, my wife, we were faced early on with a choice of staying here in San Antonio or moving to Houston in order to continue my career at a manager level with this firm, with Ernst & Young. And ultimately, we made the decision to want to stay in San Antonio instead of making that move. In essence, ended my, the opportunity there at Ernst & Young, and at the same time, then an incredible opportunity, and this is a whole other story, opened up with USAA here in San Antonio that allowed me then to stay and reduce my travel and move on down the road. And that is another cool story to tell here in a couple minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I am curious to hear about USAA. Uh, there again, for people not in this area, that's, I believe, still our largest private employer. <laughs> I think you're right. Absolutely. Uh, huge financial services organization. What was your role at USAA? I'm assuming that- Well, believe it or not, at the time I was with Ernst & Young, I was working in the consulting area doing primarily a lot of finance consulting around the implementing systems, designing looking at the business processes organizationally and financially, and also something called activity-based costing. So all of that back in the 1990s, those were some of the big things that were rolling out as technology was becoming a much bigger force in all of our organizations. And we were doing so much automation at how we did our accounting. And then when the business sector of our country and really the world migrated to Microsoft, and then we started creating standardization with the enterprise resource planning systems, it really things really took off on the kinds of things we can do in the accounting field. And so USAA, I ended up going on the other side of it. I ended up in a team in finance at the bank of USA working on the exact things I just described to you. I helped with Y2K. This was right around 1999-2000 timeframe. So there was this big fear out there of what was going to happen to all the technology when we reset the calendars to 2000. So I ended up on a project helping Y2KIs, for lack of a better word, to get ready on some of the systems that I was working on. So I got to use my project management skills for that. And then in addition, I got to use my finance and accounting skills in the area of doing the reporting and analysis that we had in place at the bank. And ironically, we migrated to a new system that Ernst & Young was the consultant on to implement. So I got the chance to be on the user side to implement that system and then ultimately work on it to do reporting and analysis as one of my roles at USA. And then in addition, and this is where my career really took off, I niched myself in the strategy area of a business and got most of my career at USA working the operational and strategic planning processes for the bank primarily. So it was really kind of neat. So things just kind of progressed. Up to that point, I would say it was very natural. And then one of the other reasons why I left public accounting at that point and went to USA is I really wanted to go back and get my master's degree. That was always a personal goal of mine. That was really the other catalyst for the change as I approached my partner at Ernst Young to want to do that. And they said, we would love for you to get your master's degree, but not on our clock, not on our dime. If you want to do that, you kind of have to do that on your own. And so it was one of those things USA offered that opportunity. And so I ended up getting my master's degree at Our Lady of the Lake University in San Antonio, going through a weekend program there while I was working full time at USAA. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you were a busy guy. <laughs> busy. And Mark, this is all before children. So fortunately, the way things worked out, I was able to get all that accomplished and transition smoothly into USA, get my education completed prior to starting our family. And then Rose and I were blessed with our first child right after that. Okay. It's interesting to me because I know you work with small organizations now, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. And 
USAA is totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Did you enjoy the mega organization environment? That's a great question and, and keen observation, Mark. The short answer is there's pros and cons to working in companies versus working in public accounting. But what I really enjoyed about it, again, back to relationships with all the relationships I developed. I always describe my six years at USA as I worked for 50 different people because I was in a really unique role doing a lot of the operational strategic planning where the USA has a very fine-tuned process in it around doing that. That's why they continue to be so successful. And I just jumped right into the middle of it. And then I got a chance to really quarterback that process for the bank. And at the time we were growing substantially doing a lot of technology implementation to improve the processes and the way we delivered our services at the bank. So I really got involved in that, but I had really had 50 bosses. Every executive I really met and got to know and worked with many of those executives there at the bank. And so it gave me a chance to learn how to serve, learn how to provide advice. Each of them has a different personality with different needs. And some wanted, hey, just here's what I need you to do, get it done. No questions asked. All the way to the other side is, hey, before we go through and put together our plan, what do you think? What is your perspective? So I, I got to play, wear different hats depending on the personality type of the executive. And it really helped sharpen my saw was one big organization. I really focused in on one aspect of the organization and even deeper, really the business segment of the bank. And so it felt more like I was really more of an advisor and a consultant doing the exact same thing I was doing in public accounting I was doing internally at USAA. Let's take this forward to when you started your own consulting company, because I know there's a couple steps in between. So Yes. Yeah. So moving forward from USAA, I guess, take us to when you decided you're going to do some of this on your own. It's interesting how your career progresses. Sometimes in life, you lay out your plan and you have hopes and dreams and then circumstances that are bigger than you take place. And at USA, unfortunately, the, the con of USA is I got to experience on a bigger scale what I shared earlier with you when direction changes or values change or circumstances. In this case, it was the company had grown so much so quickly that there was some, we call it pruning that needs to be done, right-sizing, we might call it in the business context, that needed to take place. And so my career, while it was thriving on one level, we, at the same time, USA needed to do some right-sizing. And so ultimately, that impacted my career down the road to where I, at that time, I ended up, I call it getting stuck, continuing to do the kind of work I was doing. And I wasn't able because the circumstances outside my control to advance and move, continue that route that I really wanted to go into. So I ended up leaving USA because of that. And going back out, I had an opportunity. I took a little time off and during my sabbatical, making the decision of where I wanted to go next and what I wanted to do. I reconnected with one of my a partner that I knew in the, mar- in the San Antonio marketplace, who was a partner at Canaro Chumney, a very well-respected local firm at the time, and they made me an offer to come join them. And this is where I migrated back into public accounting and have been in it ever since. And that was about the year 2005. And working with Lowell, good, the partner I work with, Canaro Chumney, is when I got myself involved with valuation, in addition to doing the, doing the accounting work and the forensic work that I did in my prior public accounting experience. So that then ultimately, again, the pros and cons of working, Lowell ended up retiring soon after I joined the firm. I knew that going in, but again, things happen that you can't control. And so it ultimately led me to launch my own consulting practice, doing forensic work, valuation work, and accounting work in 2009. And I named my firm Gethsemane Partners. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. I'm just 
taking some notes here. So 2009, good deal. Were you doing it part-time at that point, or did you go full-on? <laughs> well, you know, interesting, back to the mega, kind of a cool thing. I, I don't know, for those, I mean, again, dating myself, there is a, Mega Trends was a book that came out in the early 80s about the things, kind of the invisible hands that impact all of us across the world and trends that take place. And so we have the ups and downs in the business cycle that takes place from a macro perspective. So in 2008, 2009, there was a big crisis in the banking industry and the financial services industry that took place. And so I ended up launching my firm right in the middle of that. And so it was full force. It was go out and start making it happen. And I was fortunate that during the time I was at Canero Chumney and being back in public accounting at a leadership level, I had revenue responsibility at that point. So I was out in the San Antonio community building relationships And I was fortunate enough to be a part of the Greater Chamber and Hispanic Chamber's leadership program and called Leadership San Antonio. And in that experience, I made some great relationships, a couple of which became a couple of my key clients when I was on my own at Gethsemane Partners over the next several years. So I just went out and just started, put up my stake in the ground and said, this is what I can do. I took a valuation project that I had started with Camaro with me and that kind of got me going and just did what I could to be successful in the areas of forensic work, valuation work. And this is what was the cool part of that experience. I ended up doing, I picked up four clients as a part-time CFO who just needed support and oh. in, in getting their accounting house in order. And then one of those clients was looking to acquire a company. So I had the privilege to help walk them through that process and hire a controller for the combined entity afterwards. While I was doing the evaluation of forensic work, I also migrated into that role also. When you're on your own and you have your own practices, many have probably heard the saying, you eat what you kill. So that's one of the secrets to success is just being able to say yes to what you're comfortable with and do it to your best. And that's what I I did while I was on on my own at Gethsemane. So now eventually as some of those projects wrapped up, also through relationship, you were pulled back (laughs) into public accounting. (laughs) So tell us about that experience. Well, you know, what's interesting in all of it is probably the number one challenge of the kind of work I do in consulting is the ebbs and flows. Unlike compliance accounting work, once you gain a client, there's either an audit or review or tax return that's going to be done every year. In consulting, you're at the mercy of your relationships at the end of the day, and you're oftentimes at a place where you're replacing 80, 90% of your work every year. I was fortunate to have a couple of recurring projects, and I built relationships, turned a litigation project into a part-time CFO. I had a valuation project, again, like I shared, that was what needed to be done every year because they were doing transactions for their partnership group, so they needed evaluation. So it gave me a little bit of a base. But what ultimately led me back to Padgett Stratum in 2014 was a relationship. I remember I shared a little while ago, way back in one of my internships with Arthur Anderson, the team that I was working with at Arthur Anderson, one of my teammates, Liam Yanos, has progressed in his career, and he had joined Pageant around the same time I launched Gethsemane Partners in 2009. And he was having success there at Pageant, building a practice, and it was growing with another young man. And so they were looking for an experienced person like myself to come on board to continue the momentum and to continue growing the practice. And it just Leo and I had worked well together, stayed in touch over the years. He actually brought me in for a project in 2014 to help uh, on a key litigation type project that he needed some support on. We reconnected well, and then the door opened for an opportunity to take my practice against so many partners and merge it back with Pageant. And we did that, and I, I began a successful six-year run or so with Pageant at the end of 2014. Okay. 
Was that similar evaluation and forensic kind of work? That's what it became. I mean, at that point, I was fully, we were fully consulting, and it was okay. in the areas I ended up, Leo Pageant had a, a young man that was working for them who ended up moving back home to be with his family. And so he had built a successful valuation practice. So I ended up coming on board and continuing that practice in addition to working with Leo to build up the rest of the consulting practice that in the areas of forensics, litigation, and mergers and acquisition work. So it was really a lot of fun. And then I'll share with you that we had the opportunity to join a larger firm, pageant partnership. They received an offer they couldn't refuse. And so we married up with RSM in 2016. And that led to some new opportunities for me to pursue. Okay. I'm hoping those that are listening to this podcast that they can hear a recurring theme. I mean, it's a journey and there's many different stops along the way. And so I feel like it's a book that's being written. It's been fun to watch how it progresses. But the important thing is along the way is making those critical choices of what you want to focus on, what you the kind of work you want to do and you enjoy doing. And for me, it all goes back to relationships. I enjoy serving and helping business owners make strategic decisions and key decisions. And sometimes it's a challenging moments in their journey, i.e. litigation and fraud, or it's really exciting moments in their journey where they're looking to grow their business or to exit their business. And so the common theme for me goes back to relations. I just enjoy serving and helping out and guiding people, business owners primarily, and their key moments, their milestones in their journey. So it's just kind of neat how it's all come together. Yes. Yeah. Accounting is much more relationship based than most people realize. <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks about I, the I numbers think, and the law. And, but yeah, it's really a people business. It really is. It really is. And again, when you're starting out in your career, an end in mind at that point, just wanting to be successful and to grow and to get as much experience as I possibly could. And, and I was very blessed and fortunate that my first real accounting job was gave me a breadth of opportunity. And then ultimately, now I've come to a place where I've reached the mountaintop in my career. And now I'm enjoying the fruits of that from the perspective of getting to choose you know, who I want to work with and the kind of work I want to do and have that. And remember I said earlier, the confidence I gained by having success early on in my career has allowed me to step in and play multiple roles in any given situation. And that's I think with, and when I was fortunate in my time with uh, RSM slash Pageant Stratum and that I got to continue to grow from a knowledge perspective, but then from the beginning to the end of that season of work, I was always on point. I was expected to run a project. I was expected to client interface. I was expected to sell. What you're not hearing is I made a choice early on in the, where I wanted my career to be, the level of success I wanted to have in my career. And there's a trade-off in that. I really enjoy the serving and guiding component more than I enjoy all the client relationship management and partner level work that comes with running a practice. I made certain choices along the way and where my career, where, how my career's worked out so far has put me in a place and now I'm fortunate to be back out on my own and I'm excited to, for what the future has to hold. I didn't pick this up until just what you were saying right then. You've had a high level of responsibility in your positions in You've had a high level of, I guess, autonomy to make decisions where judgment was necessary from really your first role. I mean, even ATB, actually, but particularly that startup accounting firm. And you've taken some risk, but it's paid off. You know, you've taken risks that probably others wouldn't have taken. They may have started a larger company early in their career or whatever. And that's helped you focus your career in the direction you wanted to go in. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's a great observation. No, it, one part I haven't shared much is what goes with that risk is a 
and where my confidence comes from my underlying faith that I have in God. And in that faith that I have with God, it's just given me a servant heart, but then the risk-taking mindset to realize that my end game isn't a title or a position or an amount of money or a certain level of responsibility. It's the privilege and the freedom that being an accountant gives me to be able to influence and make an impact on other people's lives in a way that I've been fortunate to be in roles and have had hundreds and hundreds of opportunities to make an impact. But each one, that's what's great about accounting is we have a lot of responsibilities accountants where we have a lot of respect for our profession that millions of us have have worked hard to build up over the course of our, our lifetime and beyond. But more importantly, it's the responsibility we have to be men and women of integrity, to remain objective and independent. I've really taken those that my oath, for lack of better words, as a CPA to heart and how I've approached all my work, but it's been fun. The best part of being an accountant is the opportunity to deliver that all the work that you do makes a difference. And it's a necessary work in order to either solve problems or to run a business or to make decisions. I enjoy all three of those kinds of opportunities in the work I do. I was going to ask you what keeps you coming back to this kind of work and instead of the more cyclical compliance kind of work, I can tell it's it's a service aspect. You really enjoy serving the public aspect of it. And yeah, I really, I really do. And maybe this is trite. I really enjoy helping people, yeah. you know, help themselves and thrive in what their purpose in life is all about. But I also like problem solving. I like jumping in and rolling my sleeves up and getting dirty and fixing things. And it goes all the way back to the, what I discovered when I originally shared with you what I got in when I was doing the computer programming in basic. And at that theme, it's funny that when I talk about how I serve my clients today, one aspect of how I serve my clients is helping them simplify their financial processes, simplify how they approach making financial decisions for their business. And it all goes back to what we learn as accountants. We learn about the basics of telling the business story the balance sheet, the income statement, and the cash flow statement, and how important as an accountant, we're experts at knowing and understanding some of the nuances of all those things, but how they work, those three statements work together to tell you the story of how your business is doing. And what I've found over the years is the responsibility we have as accountants to be able to articulate that and communicate that. And it's not just serve, but it's really leading and being the expert, in my case, my clients, but it could be your CEO, it could be the business owner you work for, it could be the nonprofit board, the board that you're working for, but you're the finance mind. You're the expert in that, and there's the responsibility that comes with that. So I enjoy the problem-solving part of it. I thrive taking something from complex and simplifying it and finding solutions that we, where we can make decisions. That's what I enjoy. That's probably why I enjoy the consulting side of what an accountant is as opposed to the compliance side. Makes sense. Well, I end every podcast with the same three questions. So last question before we get to those, I guess. So tell us, what does the future look like for Gethsemane Partners or what kind of work are you focusing on now? What's your vision like for the near future? One challenge at the moment for all of us is the impact that our current economy and COVID-19 is having on all of us. And once again, by opportunity or circumstance and circumstance, I relaunched my practice right after COVID-19 hit our country. And it really provides opportunity. I mean, there's obviously going to be, and some of the work I do as a consultant in the litigation arena, you know, I've gotten involved in bankruptcy work in the past. So unfortunately, there's going to be some of that coming up in the future. It may be work that I jump into working with some attorneys and a team of professionals like myself here in San Antonio to meet that need and do the accounting cleanup and forensic 
aspects of accounting that you do through bankruptcy setting. So there is an opportunity there because of COVID-19. But really for me, it's more about the next step. I had come to a place at RSM, unfortunately, and I've seen this happen in my career before where I've kind of plateaued and I had a choice to make. I was migrating into a different area and different role at the firm. But unfortunately, this happened to me several times in my career. Circumstances I can't control took place. And so that opportunity, that door shut on me. So relaunching my practice made the most sense. And as I've done that, I'm taking what I've gleaned and what I learned at RSM and I've reshaped my practice some uh, and more focused on the strategic aspects of providing advisory services to small businesses in hopes that in three to five years, once we get to the other side of COVID and the economy can go, begin its next migration up, as we know that we go through cycles, I'll be well positioned not only to meet the need of the challenges of COVID, but then the new opportunities that take place strategically and help in guiding companies make strategic decisions that allows them to thrive and, and get to the next phase of their life, business life cycle. So that's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm hoping to accomplish being on my own at Gethsemane Partners. It all comes back to serving and relationships. <laughs> That's right. It always seems to be the case, for sure. <laughs> well, I do end every show with the same three questions, so we probably better get to those. The first one's usually the easiest. From a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment? That's a question I could probably talk on for the next hour, just thinking about all the, the <laughs> blessings that, you know, just being blessed to be in moments with clients I think I don't really have a moment that I would say jumps out at me. It's, it's really many moments, though, and it's, I kind of alluded to it a little bit over the last hour of our conversation, and that is when you solve a problem and you make a difference in the lives of, it may be the business owner, it may be the employees, it may be in settling a lawsuit, but it's when you deliver a, a result that makes a difference. I'm really proud of those. I'm really proud of those moments and being able to consistently do that over the course of my career. And I believe the reason I'm able to do that is is I'm really thinking about the person I'm serving and what I can do to create a win solution or win-win solution, depending on the, the circumstances for the party or parties that I'm serving. And so because I have that desire and that passion for that type of an outcome, the proudest moment that I have is when you deliver something, they say, well done or thank you. I couldn't have done this without you. I trust you and I appreciate the hard work. So it's just those moments that you get to experience it as an accountant. I think it's not the mundane. It's not the putting together financial statements. It's not writing the report. Here's the valuation. Here's what you're worth. The process of building that relationship and helping your clients or your boss, depending on where you work, make the decisions they need to make. And you are a part of that. That's Yes, yes. Always comes back to serving. There again. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help myself, Mark. It just seems to be. That's kind of how I'm wired. You know. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the way it's worked out over time. So. Yes. Well, second question. Tell us a lesson that you learned the hard way, and the more you can tell us about the situation, how you learned it, the better, of course, because that's how we learn. Yeah, that's right. Well, the lesson I go back to early on in my career, I was sitting in a car with one of my senior managers on a big project at Ernst Young. And he wanted to give me some constructive feedback about my work. And I didn't respond very well to that constructive feedback. I spoke and responded before I heard this personality. Really, when I reflect back on it, really had my best interest at heart. He was there really there coaching me, but I didn't take it as a coaching opportunity. I took it as someone slapping my hand 
and I disagreed with his perspective at that moment, and I didn't respond well. Fortunately, I caught myself, and he was extra patient with me, and so we were able to circle back and reconcile, and, and I was able to then finally receive the feedback that he wanted to give me to help me progress in my career. And what he was really doing was coaching me up, pointing out a couple of things that I needed to work on in order to better position myself to become a manager at Ernst & Young. I didn't understand that. You know, if I would have been slow to speak, quick to listen and slow to speak. And that would be the lesson as you seek out opportunities to get feedback and or when feedback is given to you, listen and ask questions you don't feel uncomfortable instead of jumping to a conclusion and going down the wrong path. So it was really a key moment and really helped me, made me a better person learning that. It's interesting, interestingly, from a timing perspective, just as a side note, that experience happened right as I was in, in the process of getting married. So it really helped me, not just on a, from a professional perspective, but it helped me personally too, to be able to learn to trust others and know that they had my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. That's good advice, or a good lesson to learn for all of us, <laughs> no matter where you are in your career, actually. <laughs> That's that right. But I still think there's still moments, right? Take that deep breath and give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes it's easier. We do it to ourselves in this situation. I was really striving to get to that next level. And here's this guy willing to help me out. But at the same time, I was just like, I had my defenses up instead of my open heart up. I learned a valuable lesson that day and it really paid off. I can look forward then from that point and see many more incidences where that same kind of situation happened. And I was able to respond more maturely and receive the feedback. And oftentimes found it wasn't really constructive. It was just positive reinforcement. But the way I responded shaped the way the person shared the feedback with me. So that's key. You know, we can control how we respond to things. I learned that very valuably at that point. Mm, Good lesson. Well, last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it down. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? I don't know how I'm going to say it, but I'm just going to say it. I was early on in my career with that local firm I worked for here in San Antonio. And one of the partners at the time, we were out on the road and we we're having a good time. And, and he asked me what I saw my career going. And I talked about success and wanting to become a partner and do really well. He looked at me and he said, Steve, just remember this, the importance of family and having a balanced life. And from a financial perspective, the more you make, the more you spend. And I just took that to heart because I was really wrestling. Part of my answer at that time was about money and about position. Normal stuff, things you think about when you're getting going in your career as you see the horizon. I took that to heart. Interestingly enough, I watched when that firm separated, that partner and other partners stayed together and continued operating as CPAs together for over 20 years after that. And they made decisions to manage their practice to a level that allowed them to keep a life balance and keep their life in priority. And that really, it has influenced me, not only in how my career has progressed, but even now where I'm at today. I enjoy working for myself, but I didn't pursue the partnerships in the public accounting sector because I just didn't want, you know, there's a cost associated with that, no pun intended. And that wasn't what I was wired to do. And so it's given me the freedom then to do a thing and make other choices and experience other things and not get focused on measuring my success based on the paycheck or the position or the influence that I had in the work I was doing. Well, that's perfect advice to end this on. And thank you for spending the time to do this because obviously we know each other and so I know some of your story, but I've learned a lot. (laughs) I really appreciate you covering all the details and I had no idea that your career started more in the consulting area. I thought that was something that happened later. So I really learned a lot. Well, thank you, Mark. And I appreciate what you're doing for our community and for our 
profession and putting together this podcast and giving all of us an opportunity to share our stories because I would have loved to have had this something like available to me 30 years ago. You just kind of pick things up along the way as you go, but it's a privilege and I appreciate you thinking of me and giving me the opportunity to share my story with your group today. Thank you. Well, that was my interview with Stephen Oliver of Gethsemane Partners. And a couple takeaways from this episode, for me at least, were number one, the importance of relationship. And Stephen mentions this a few times, actually, during the podcast. But (laughs) most, if not all, of the opportunities he's had somehow came from a relationship. And I think that's important for us to realize or to remember because Accounting really is much more of a people business than most of us typically think. We always think of the numbers and the business law and the analysis and that kind of stuff, but accounting really is a people business. And then secondly, I don't know if you picked up on this, but Stephen's early opportunities in his career were at small firms, startup firms. And they were opportunities that some individuals earlier in their career, some students may look at as not as attractive because they're not with large organizations. And the reality for Stephen's career is that because he took those opportunities with smaller firms, he was able to do more interesting work, frankly, at a very early age. And that launched his career in consulting. So there's definitely a lesson to be learned there. Well, once again, thank you for joining us. This has been Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. We appreciate that you choose to spend your time listening to our weekly show. If there's anything I can do for you personally, please reach out to me. It's Mark Goldman. I'm very findable on LinkedIn, and I'm always happy to help. Well, with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. There's more to come.